If these balls could talk, where each of us brings forth five topics to discuss. We are back from a short break and want to welcome everyone to the season two premiere episode. My name is Mark Pesci, and with me, as always, is the Qui Gon Jim to my Obi Wan Kenobi, John Campagna. What's going on, John? Do you use Chat GPT for that one too? I did not. I did not. I'm, I, I figured. I'm, I think I'm done with the rhymes. I could be Qui Gon. But now, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna do now I'm gonna do a little uh, kind of how our relationship nerdery little nerdery. I like it. I like it. You know, someone had a birth. Someone had a birthday. I was gonna say break was for my birthday. There was like a whole purpose for that shit. I know. My birthday was quiet though. Everybody got COVID, so we just like watched TV pretty much my whole birthday. Womp 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 womp. Stupid COVID. By everybody, just Jamie. Melanie had it the week before. Melanie gave it to Jamie. Jamie didn't give it to me because apparently I'm immune to COVID. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've withstood a couple of direct tests of that, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm still well, totally good. Well, glad you patient, everyone's doing right. Wait, were you patient zero? Yes. I might be, I That's guess. I think we not. need to harvest his blood to create yeah. a full immunity. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be like Bella Sheely in Last of Us. I'll be like, have yes, to take me exactly. across the country in the snow. Yes. And as per usual with us is our producer and our version of Dr. Strange, because he likes to keep time, Pete Stefan. How are you huh. doing, Pete? Not as good Keeping as Dr. Strange. strange is at keeping strange or at keeping time, rather. Well, that's okay. But, he doesn't you know. even have time anymore, you guys. I don't Maybe. even have time to keep time. Yeah. He doesn't even have the time stone. He gave that up. That's true. I know. He's just magic dude. Just doing magic yeah. dude stuff. It's, yeah. It's good at magic dude stuff though. That's <laughs> true. And I will attempt to be good at producing stuff. That's all we, we have. No worries. <laughs> With us today is our special guest, Brad Hartwell. Welcome to the podcast, Brad. Howdy, y'all. Hello. Thanks, Mark. Was that like a Mr. Hanky, Brad? Uh, I think it was that in between like that and a country voice. So all right, sure. yeah, that's cool. Brad, cool. Brad, cool. Brad just going through puberty now. Yep. <laughs> just so, turned 14. PJ, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so let's say we get to know our friend uh, Brad, shall we? So, Brad, adult co-ed sports have been a big part of your life, including the reason why we met and also how you met your wife. So, can you tell us a little bit about what you like about adult co-ed sports and also your first impressions of your now wife, Lindsay? Oh, wow. I guess I'll start with the adult co-ed sports. That was something I was introduced to. I don't know. When you play like rec league sports in college, is that mm-hmm. really adult sports? I guess it's kind of like a mix. It's different. You, but you you know what? There is the opportunity to have a beer or two. Yeah, that's true. So I guess that was like the start of it. And then as things went on after college, I got into all sorts of sports like softball and flag football and ultimate frisbee and ultimately ended up playing kickball, uh, which is what, yeah, as you said, I met Lindsay, my current wife. And by far, I would say the kickball league that we joined called Waka. That ended up being the funnest league I played on because <laughs> it brought all of these social aspects mm-hmm. of hanging out with people and actual running around and like playing a game together. 
which was really cool. And and funny enough, like you guys are both from the New England area, but you met on the West Coast, right? We did. We actually met in San Diego. We met playing uh, just randomly in a league. She was at a game. I was. Uh, she was running to first base. I was at first base. I think I was dressed as a whoopee cushion at the time. Yeah. <laughs> at the bar later that night, uh, she had these white pants on. And I remember her getting up. It was karaoke night. And she sung... Uh, I like big butts and I cannot lie. And from that point on, it was over. I was done. <laughs> awesome. Um, so you're like, just, was, I'm in love forever. I told now. my friend Adam, I was like, I want to date that girl. And he was like, like yeah, everyone marry wants that girl. Marry that girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it worked out. I got, I still don't know why or how, but it did. So, <laughs> I, I've seen, I've seen her do uh baby got back. And I got to say, I, I mean, she definitely rocks that song. Yes, <laughs> definitely. But she's, I mean, she's an amazing singer altogether. I mean, that girl can do no wrong when it comes to she's karaoke. Got a, she's got a gift. Yeah. If you guys ever do like a singing version of this, you'll definitely get her on. Maybe <laughs> she maybe should just she come can... on and sing. I yeah, really maybe, want to hear maybe. John and Pete sing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, um, maybe Steph can harmonize with her. Have you seen the pictures song? of uh, me and Mark and Pete singing at Pete's house that we do like all the time? We generally, we add Pete's cousin Tim too. So yes. it's a big man sing fest we're like a yeah we're a man band yeah we're it a man all band. comes together yeah it was exactly. a, it was a big big party where we were making chicken wings and had a a full pa system with karaoke set up and that uh, sounds fabulous we that's your signature party you it can is. you can you can shout out your signature party yeah but was so we, there a baby you got back uh i don't know if there was this year see <laughs> you you and your wife would have to come and provide that there we go okay Brad, you were just been, you've just been saving John, doesn't there your you wife do Baby Got Back every now and again? She does everything. Yeah, she can. Right. Sounds like we need to have a Baby Got Back off. I, I think so. <laughs> Is that a thing? That could be. A thing. We, we should, should make, make it. it a thing. Did Mark ever tell you about the Albany Awesomes and our beer league, like kind of softball team, where we got ringers from the RPI softball team? Oh mm-hmm. my God! No way! Mm-hmm. Did not hear about this. Yeah, all the softball girls that we knew, we were just like, "Hey, you want to come play softball and get yeah. a beer?" Cheers. That's like what it's about. It was uh, a great beer league. It was it was one of those where the winner gets four pitchers of beer and the loser gets three pitchers of beer. Like it was <laughs> it was truly oh, wow. a beer league. It's not like the league we've played in before no. where it's like end of the season, he has yeah. a free pitcher for the whole yeah. team. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Get a shot of beer. <laughs> we, well, they just I, wanted I, you to go to their bar, right? You went mm-hmm. to the local dive bar. It was sponsored bar. by a bar. Yeah. yeah, and they yeah, were like, yeah. "Here, come to our bar and buy a bunch of food, and here's some beer that doesn't cost us anything." Yep. <laughs> I still love the Albany Awesome's logo, though. That is one of the the best logos I've ever seen. Those I were still some have sharp, that jersey, man. Yeah, they're the Albany Awesome's. We should put the logo on the website. We should. We yeah. should. Yeah, I'm gonna find it. Brad, Mark tells me that you worked for Titleist and are a pretty avid golfer. And so, tell us how you like working in a field that both piques your interests and maybe about how PGA golfer Patrick Reed isn't on your good side. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll start with the uh, the industry. The industry is, it's a great industry to work for. few reasons. One, yeah, you're making sporting equipment. And yeah, I started golfing when I was four years old. So it's something that's just always been a hobby of mine. I had a few school projects growing up, whether it was like a fifth grade science fair or like a final project in college. Um, Built a couple pendulums that hit golf balls. And ultimately, that kind of interest and led me to apply for the job. And once I was in, I was, I've was i been hooked since. I love the idea of 
I want to make the best golf ball I can for JT, Justin Thomas, or you know Jordan Spieth, so that they can win the tournaments. And I don't know why, I just like doing that. I had an opportunity to work at like a Portsmouth Naval Shipyard, uh, designing cranes straight out of college. That was cool, but it was like not something I really wanted to do. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I can go to work and make cranes. Cheers. Sorry. It's a job. Um, (laughs) This, I think of it, I don't know, more of a job a little bit, which is, which is fun. We got to love what you do, right? Uh, I do. I do. And then you got to go there. And because you spend most of your life there, you got to be like, wow, okay, this is cool. Yeah. So I started off with uh, eight years on the club side. Two of those were, first two were in R&D. And then I moved to the manufacturing ball side. Uh, started working on more of the equipment, a mechanical engineer by trade, and just more of the hands-on approach was better fitting for my lifestyle. Uh, maybe it's ADHD, maybe it's, I don't know, just like tinkering with stuff, but either way, it was a better fit. <laughs> uh, from there, I came back uh, once, actually after uh, a year before we came back, I had met Lindsay, and turns out she's from New Hampshire. A job opening opened up in... New Bedford, Massachusetts, where Titleist Fairhaven or Titleist headquarters is. That's where two of the ball plants are as well. Um, the headquarters is actually in Fairhaven. In case anyone ever hears this and wants to correct me, now they'll they won't shun me. Yeah, position opened up back here, so came back here. Worked. Uh, have been working at the ball plant, doing the same thing, manufacturing engineering for the last seven years, and um, yeah, it's been good. It definitely has its perk with perks with regards to learning about what equipment is coming out and what I might want to play rather than doing have to like that helps, do research right? online. Yeah. Brad and also then, gives the best Christmas presents. He gives me a bunch of pro V ones. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then we go out and then we lose them. And then we lose them. Yeah. <laughs> We're really good at that. We played uh, this really we... narrow course once up here, uh, Burden Lake, and I yes. am not a good golfer. And so I think I lost 14 balls that day. <laughs> it was, it was nice. a bit. Yeah. Yep. The first or second hole? Yeah, like the first or second <laughs> hole. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, they were all really narrow. They were, so like they really narrow, narrow launch paths. And I was just like, I can't hit that straight. Have you ever seen the ad? Or I think it was maybe a meme. It's like, you know, the guy takes out the Titleist. He's playing the whole round. He comes to a water hole. So he goes in his bag and grabs like a crappy like top flight or something. He's like, you know what? My biggest fear is I'm going to get a hole in one with this ball right now. I have to put it on my shelf after playing like a pro V1 the whole round. That's, That's kind of my inner fear as well. Yeah. yeah. I'll have that experience where I'll take out like a crap ball. And, uh, just and the balls you design obviously make you shoot better, right? Uh, definitely not the golfer. Definitely not the golfer. Yeah. It's all the equipment. <laughs> it's all, Whether it's, it's good or bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> real, real quick. Tell us about Patrick Reed. Mr. Reed. Okay. So he had a uh, little adventure with us where um, he was supposed to, he, they started cutting into our balls and I don't know all the details, but I guess it was a pretty big behind what he found and what we're actually delivering. Mm-hmm. And he was all pissed off. Um, I guess his wife was pissed off too. Someone I personally wouldn't want to deal with. <laughs> Either way, it was a um, yeah, a big of a headache for us. I they went back and forth for a while. I actually don't even know where it's at right now. If he's still even sponsored for us, um, I don't think he is. But yeah, who knows? I have I have other golfers I root for. I'll just say mm-hmm. that. <laughs> 
I mean, he Patrick Reed has the has the reputation for being the most hated golfer on the PGA Tour. So his, uh, his, it seems like that he just takes that to real life too. Sometimes I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when you're gonna go villain, you got to go all the way. I mean, that's uh, that's proper. Do you get invited off. to cool events. Uh, sometimes, not as many as I would like. Being on the manufacturing side, you don't see, you know, like what the sales guys or the marketing mm. gets. Uh, mm. did get to go to the U.S. Open this past year. That was cool. That's cool. Um, a little hookup for that. Yeah, that was in Boston. It was nice. Um, when we were in San Diego, we would always go to the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. Or Torrey Pines, yep. Yeah, that was, if you guys ever get a chance, I highly recommend, um, checking that place out it's really nice even if you just go hiking around the grounds my mm-hmm. wife and i we um we flew That's into great. san francisco for our honeymoon and drove to pch and uh kind of kicked around pebble beach for a day and that was really fun very nice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i've heard that place is gorgeous as well so expensive oh my god crazy right <laughs> so expensive it's like a million monies all right, Brad, we'll talk about another love of your life. Uh, you're a pretty big Red Sox fan, and you and I have gone to some games together. Mm-hmm. But tell us your favorite Red Sox game that you've attended and maybe what you think the Sox need to do to get back to their championship ways. Oh, interesting. You know what? No one's ever asked me that question. What game is my favorite? Well, it has to be the John Lester no-hitter. Yes. Back in, well, I don't even remember what year it was, but... My brother used to work at Dana-Farber, and they're the official hospital mm-hmm. for the Sox, right? So they used to have a deal where any employee could go in after the game started. You'd, have, you'd wait in line. Once the game started, they would sell the Dana-Farber leftover or employees leftover tickets to the game for five bucks. It was kind of like a secret thing. Well, some of the leftover tickets were amazing seats. So we ended up waiting in line. My parents were there as well. And we got tickets 10 rows behind home plate. My parents were another four back. And it was my brother and I um, just kind of doing the Red Sox thing. We were 20 something, young 20s. Um, you know, no beer had whatsoever. And just watched <laughs> that whole game. And by the end of it, like the ninth inning, just yelling at everyone, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, shut up, shut up, and just be like right. you can you can curse on this. Don't game. say yeah, it's, it's anything. Fine. Don't say anything. And then finally, when he threw that last pitch and they got the last out, it's just like the whole stadium going nuts. That was that was a pretty cool experience. But yeah, I've been a Red Sox fan, you know, for most of my life. It's been a wonderful decade and a half with them. Yeah, I think right now they're kind of in a slump. What will that's putting it mildly? Back? I know. <laughs> I know they keep they yeah. keep losing all of their best talents. They yeah. finally they finally decided that maybe we should so- actually sign one of them to an an outrageous contract. But sure, they, you got a hitter. But in my mind, I mean, I've I played baseball my whole life. Pitching is eighty percent of the game. Mm-hmm. You need. Why do you guys let Xander go? In what world does is that a, is that a play? I heard you called them up and told them. I'm probably. <laughs> I don't know. San Diego just wanted to monopolize the shortstop market. That's why they have like 18 of them on their team now. They got a few. Yeah, uh, yeah that was a bummer. You guys see Judge uh, catching grounders at first base? I didn't no, really? Like multi, multi-positional player. Oh my he God. also told That's them, put me in left, you guys. I'll play anything. That's interesting. I want to see him pitch. <laughs> I don't want to see him pitch. <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see him catch. Crouch down uh, in that. In the, in the, he also is refusing to go to the World Baseball Classic, which I think is pretty ball, ballsy. 
Yeah. He sh- yeah, he shouldn't. I mean, it's all about the regular season and you don't want to put on those extra swings and potentially hurt yourself, especially he's so injury prone. Speaking of Sox Yankees, did you hear Johnny Damon's got a new team? Really? Playing for not. the Savannah Bananas. Ah, ah the, Savannah the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure you guys covered that. And if not, we, I think we've talked about that on the on I show, mentioned right? it once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The commercials are hilarious. Yeah. I don't even think I understand what it is. <laughs> it might understand it's a, like it's a two hour game or seven innings maybe and they make the game all about the fans like you mm-hmm. catch a foul ball in the span and that stands batters out um, amazing yeah yeah the, there's a whole bunch of weird I heard all the innings are separate games and it's about winning the most games yeah like you get points yeah right you get points you get, for winning you get the inning. like runs in points I don't know yeah. anyways I tried to look up tickets because they're coming to Brockton this year Brock's oh, they travel? Ass. I didn't know they travel. This is the first year they're doing like a big tour mm-hmm. and all the, the everywhere is sold out. You Already? You get tickets on their website. I think you can buy them StubHub, but last oh. I looked, it was stupid. Hundreds of dollars for, wow. yeah, it's crazy. For essentially minor league baseball. I was going to say, it, first, but it, it's, it's different than a regular like minor league, a. it sounds like. It's, it's an entertainment. It's a yeah. show. Yeah, it's right, not right. even a baseball game at that point. It's just it's a like show. The Globetrotters of baseball. Exactly. That's kind of what I heard about it. It is like the Globetrotters of baseball. Yeah, I think we should yeah, sponsor this from them and go to a game. No, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see it. Sure. Maybe live from the Savannah Bananas. Yeah. <laughs> if these balls could talk. Oh, uh, not sponsored, by the way, you guys. Yeah. Not actually a sponsor yet. All right. Thanks for answering those questions, Brad. Everyone, yeah, let's thanks. say let's say we get started, shall we? Woo-hoo. Hey. So at the end of the NFL season. That means we can't talk about football anymore, right? We don't talk about football. Absolutely wrong. (laughs) All right, it's not Bruno. The ongoing say Bruno. The ongoing marketing merry-go-round that is the NFL has led us to talk about the filling of coaching vacancies now. Interestingly enough, the Super Bowl losing Philadelphia Eagles lost both of their coordinators with the offensive coach Shane Steichen getting hired as the head coach to the Indianapolis Colts. And the defensive coach, Jonathan Gannon, getting hired as the head coach to the Arizona Cardinals. So, everyone, why do we feel that the Philadelphia coordinators got hired as head coaches over other candidates? And I am specifically referencing Eric Bieniemy. What happened to poor Jeff Saturday? Also, what's your deal with coaching questions? I love to talk about coaches. I don't know. I, I, was, I, I coached in college, and I, 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 that's the frame of mind that I, I usually do. I think it's just a huge, once you get that deep into a season and you have the opportunity to take a head coach position, I mean, they're looking. they got to be looking. They've got a good thing going right now. Um, they obviously have, they know what they're doing in some realm, so there's an attractiveness there. But they're so young. Eric Bieniemy's is really not that old either, but the trend for the NFL is to find the next... Uh, Sean McVay. So they want to hire all these young, hotsy totsy white coordinators. <laughs> and most of them have been misses. But Sean McVay, you need to hire two people one to, to the coach and one to hold them back from entering the field. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> Sean, McV- Sean McVay is still the youngest NFL coach in the NFL. Crazy. <laughs> NFL coach in the NFL? NFL so, coach in the NFL, yes. <laughs> I agree with you, Mark. Excellent. I'm shocked that BNME was not taken by somebody. And I'm definitely rooting for that because please take him away from the Chiefs so that it, you know. Well, he's no longer on the Chiefs. He's no longer on the Chiefs. He got he got hired by the Washington Commanders as an OC. 
Ooh, it was okay. a lateral, as a lateral move, and a lot of. The, so the argument, I guess, for that is that everyone thought, well, because Andy Reid was doing a lot of the play calling, and it was kind of Andy Reid's offense. At least that was the mantra. Whether or not it was actually true is another story. Yeah, but, that's what I was going to bring up too. So he, this is a a move that he kind of had to make to in order to get rid of that. However, uh, this is not a something that these other two coaches have had to make or other young white coordinators have, have had to do. And unfortunately, Biennemi has to do that this because again, he has to he has to essentially give zero reasons for someone not to hire him. Shady told, said the movement was a mistake. And then the uh, the Chiefs players are like, shut up. I think it was a mistake. No, I think it was a mistake. Yeah, I mean, the commander seems amazing. And the commander franchise is just I mean, as long as Daniel Snyder is is the owner, which, you know, I guess the days are numbered, but I still haven't seen anything saying that he's definitely selling the team. Uh, I don't think he should have gone there either. However, he does need to get that whole uh, he, he unfortunately he does need to get away from the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I can see It was see a lose-lose situation, I think. Right. Maybe maybe he thought, hey, if I take this right, this is my chance to prove myself. And unfortunately, it seems like the deck is more stacked against him where he has to do this in order to be considered for a head There's coach a down the line. There's a lot of young talent in Washington, ridiculous. though. I mean, yeah, they almost <clears throat> figured it out at the end. And Brian Johnson, not a slacker. Terry McLaurin, actually kind of a journeyman Terry McLaurin like is a fantastic receiver he's really good yeah John Donson had a great season I mm-hmm. mean I mean you know Taylor well, Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke. Right? yep Taylor Heineke but he former is XFL not phase, former XFL phase yeah. he is not going to uh, like they don't want him to be the starting quarterback they have a uh Sam Howell as their projected starter right now who he he only started in week 18 this past season uh, I believe it was he. This was well, he's twenty two, and he's tall. He's tall, <laughs> and he's not Taylor Heineke, and he's right. not Taylor Heineke, and he's not Carson did. Wentz. <laughs> Poor <laughs> sad Carson Wentz. Ah, uh, that's okay. He's got enough money to to put him to sleep. <laughs> and then Nick Foles will come along and win. Oh yeah, Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah. Let's dredge him all through. Why not just get Fitzpatrick back? While they're at it, I that's hear you can get Daniel Jones for forty-five million dollars. Oh, forty-five oh, yeah, million dollars! I can't believe someone. Asked. I can't believe someone. I can't believe that's the number out there for him. But we'll get. To know, well, his yeah. agent asked for it. He fired always, him because he was like, "I'm not worth that." You guys. <laughs> we'll it get always to that comes back to Daniel Jones. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's a new agent that said that. It is. Yeah. Oh, God, Daniel Jones. Wow. And now the next topic. So with the NFL draft heating up and with the Bears number one pick, hypothetical trades are starting to fly around all over the Internet. And something very interesting. Uh, trade rumors for Justin Fields with a fantastic 2022 under his belt with came with 2,242 passing yards, 17 touchdowns and an 85.2 QB rating. Um, it doesn't seem like the Bears are in need of a franchise quarterback. However, there it's a very quarterback-heavy uh, 2023 draft. And so, I guess, guys, my question is, are the trade rumors for Justin Fields just a attempt to build interest in a draft pick that they don't really need? Or are they trying to uh, posture and make other teams give up more assets? Uh, personally, I, th- I actually think the Bears are trying to build up that trade value. I, I don't believe they're giving up on Justin Fields because, uh, I mean, the the man 
was amazing last year. All those rushing yards. I mean, he he looked a lot like Lamar kind of in his prime or even uh, some glimpses of Jalen Hurts. I mean, unfortunately, he just had to run like uh, with a chicken with his head cut off because he has no one to throw to. Uh, but he he balled out this this past season and it can it should get much better, especially if they are able to draft some talent around him. Now, uh, yes, they have the number one one seed and there are some quarterbacks in this draft class. None of them really, I think, is, is something that uh, really build a franchise around. I mean, you don't have like a Peyton Manning or an Andrew Luck in there that just is an automatic they definitely should get as much that they have to build as much value as they want so they can get as many picks as they possibly can because again they need to just keep building around just i mean fields. they want it ryan poles wants to do that deal that miami did in 2020 right and mm-hmm. i don't think they have that because no. why would houston trade for a pick if they want bryce young when they're going to get bryce young at two anyway yeah yeah i think fields was good too good this past year, looking at those stats, you don't mess around with trading a guy like that. Unless there's something going on behind the scenes in the locker room, you know, that's always a dynamic that you have to take into consideration. Um, quarterback being the leader on the field, you know, if he's not cooperating with others, then sure, that can be a conversation. But John, as you mentioned, the, the, the stats that he's got, yeah, I mean, you, you keep a guy. I was really hoping that he was going to fall to the Patriots. Because there there were some things out there that Mac Jones was going to be uh, picked up by the 49ers because uh, he, he would fit Kyle Shanahan's system. But then again, any quarterback would could fit Kyle yeah, Shanahan's system. Yeah, but then system. Fields would just get hurt. Zappy would come back in, throw like six <laughs> touchdowns. I'll be like cheering Zappy again. I do but. remember all the, the controversy around the, the Patriots draft. And like, what quarterback are they going to pick? But mm-hmm. yeah, Fields was... I liked him. I mean, and watching him play this year, it's you mentioned the stats a bunch like the stats to me seem kind of average or maybe lower maybe because he was playing hurt a lot but like just the way he played and the explosiveness he had right it really did remind me of like kind of lamar style maybe a little bit more like sprint and battering ram again you know versus like juke machine but still he can create plays he he's part of that new meta build of quarterback that is way more than just take a couple steps back and throw it and who knows? Well, he's they fast may... like a running back. He's yeah. just he's a gazelle, oh, yeah. right? He Runs is like a gazelle, gazelle. exactly. Right. And almost I think Daniel gets... Jones fast, <laughs> almost. almost. But I mean, <laughs> you're right though. Give him a couple weapons, and it's like then he's using that ability, that God-given athletic ability, to extend plays, make yep. things yep. happen down the field and, where he can throw line. it. Yep. I mean, Joe and, Burrow and wasn't really Joe Burrow until year two, where they got him, Jamar, Jamar Chase. He yeah. wasn't. He was average. I mean, he was fine, but he was still on the Bengals. And everybody's like, oh, you're on the Bengals, though. Yeah, that's always a consideration. You always need that. You always need those uh, skill players around you. Well, and what we said last week is you really need to. Yeah, you, know, you, need, you need a one and a And you need that because it's really easy to, you know, it's really easy to scheme coverage for singular weapons. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like the Bills. Like the Bills. Pete, I heard, I heard Stefan Diggs is unhappy. Uh, I mean, there's been rumors going on since that whole, like ever since they saw him like screaming at Josh. So uh, we'll, we'll see. The, the Bills would be stupid to trade him right now because it would be way too big of a cap. Are they really thinking of that? No, I, I don't think so. It's, <laughs> as far as I know, it's all hearsay. Do Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs not get along? 
Is this no, what I need no here? they normally do. It's they were just... they were besties. They were on the cover of like a uh, a sports kids magazine as best friends. And oh, okay. Because so like, I was gonna start sending him like secret letters, being a Pats fan, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was all rosy until the last couple of weeks of the season when you saw Diggs get progressively more and more frustrated because he went from getting like 15 targets a game down to like five, and everybody was like, "What the hell happened?" And he's just echoing that, "Yeah, what the hell happened?" Like we were dominating when you were giving me the ball. Why am I not getting the ball? This is not a. Re- I mean, this is a repeat story for Stefan Diggs, though, and the reason he left Minnesota. Yeah, but he didn't have Josh in Minnesota, and and as much as he was his griping about it, I think Bill still got further. I think than the Vikings. Did the Vikings get to the uh, NFC title game under him? I don't think so. No, uh, I think his chances are still better in Buffalo. They need to get a one B receiver, though. Do if this ain't common sense right now, you don't leave Josh Allen in Buffalo right now. You guys are you guys got a stronghold on that for a while, I think. Now for your next topic, we got So Lamar Jackson has been applauded and lauded for having no agent for his contract negotiations. Now the team and Jackson have gone back and forth for essentially two years now. It has been reported that Jackson has refused multiple offers primarily due to the lack of guaranteed money. Meanwhile, we've seen big contracts signed by Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. Then he ultimately strained a ligament in his knee that kept him on the sideline since week 13 of last season. So everyone, did Lamar Jackson make a mistake by representing himself during contract negotiations? I don't think initially he did. I think that Lamar Jackson's problem is he tried to do it all on a kind of a mediocre team. Mm -hmm. And when you bet on yourself in a contract year, it either goes well or it doesn't, right? I mean, but not everyone is Aaron uh, Aaron Judge. And so not everyone <laughs> has their, you know, remember you season in the contract year. I mean, and it, I, I remember saying at the beginning of the season that this was a good decision by Lamar Jackson because he was having that season. He was literally, I mean, the same thing the Bills were doing. They were scoring 40 points a game. They were just blowing teams out. Yep. Um, but I think... The NFL is kind of a marathon, not a sprint. And, uh, you know, teams like the Eagles and their defense kind of came by. And, you know, you can have a weak schedule in the beginning and look great. And then the rest of the te- the league catches up. And so I think that's what happened. Keep well, in mind, though, NFL players, uh, don't, they are, I'm sorry, Major League Baseball players, they don't have to deal with 11 people trying to take your head off. So <laughs> that's exactly it's, it's okay to have any uh, an incredible year for an in a contract year when you're in Major League Baseball versus the NFL. And uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson, he he's he definitely had an opportunity to to get his get some money, maybe not as much money as he wanted. Uh, and it's it's debatable whether or not you think he's worth more now because he I mean, the, the Ravens didn't win without him. But, but and they win with him, but he's injury prone. so. Is he worth more now than he was before the season? From my perspective, if I was a general manager of the Ravens, I personally would not do it because he hasn't really proven to me that he's worth that mo- that money, especially not Deshaun Watson guaranteed money, which by, I mean, we all know mm. that was just a terrible contract anyway. Yeah, for many There's reasons. no doubt he gets paid. No doubt in my mind. I mean, Dan- Daniel Jones is going to get paid, you guys. I oh, mean, there's God. no doubt Lamar Jackson gets paid. <laughs> And yeah. it brings people into the stadium, and that's a big deal for the ownership, too. Um, you bring some new guy, and if he doesn't perform well, all of a sudden it's like, hey, what the hell happened? 
Um, I mean, you guys yeah. hear the Jets front office? The Jets front office is lauding Derek Carr as a Hall of Famer in New York. All of a sudden, Derek Carr the is Jets. like the best quarterback in the world. Like everyone is <laughs> applauding him. It's like oh. you weren't saying this three years ago. Okay, you know what it is? He dominated in the Pro Bowl like quarterback. Oh, uh, hit, yeah, hit the, the target Bowl. game. He oh, did. Wow. He played really good in the Pro Bowl flag football, weird Madden style <laughs> and nonsense. And apparently that, that elevates you to MVP level in the actual game of football. That's what we last week we got. <laughs> that is everything right there. <laughs> I, I, you know, I do love though that all these teams, yeah, they're, they're, sh- they're trying to show Derek Carr like, oh yeah, we want you and all that. And then it's like, but they're waiting for Aaron Rodgers who, you know, he came out of his darkness retreat today and, I mean, mm. a lot of people were comparing him to uh, Punkatani Phil because, you know, Jesus, fuck he, that guy, he man. comes out. <laughs> oh, Punkatani or Aaron Rodgers? Well, Aaron Rodgers. I like Punkatani Phil. Oh, I was going to say. He's also a, 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 hedge, a, ground, a groundhog. Go for it. Go for I was going to call yeah, him a groundhog. Groundhog? <laughs> groundhog. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just wait. saying he's like he okay. saw his shadow, and that's he's going to make a decision as to if, whether or not he's going to play. If you were a GM and you had the choice with Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers, who would you take? Derek Carr. Oh yeah, Carr. Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. I would draft I've been saying it for weeks you now. Aaron Carr or Aaron Rodgers looks like he's dying. What yeah. about Aaron Rodgers <laughs> lookalike? Could we hire him? Maybe is he better at football? The, right the now? doppelganger that the just doppelganger. happens to show up to a game. I, I, I remember that. Oh, I remember that right. side by side shot Monday Night Football. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If discount double check Aaron Rodgers shows up, maybe I'm into it. But oh, it's been a while since he's been discount double check. Oh, Only if his sponsorship good. money from that commercial can offset the salary cap. <laughs> yeah, I mean he 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 also has to renegotiate the contract because he's uh, his salary cap hit is like fifty nine million dollars next year. So yeah, it's a little oh, wow. I mean, that generation of quarterback, he needs to look at the wall. They're all gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Drew Brees retired, you guys. And it's yeah. time for you to mm-hmm. go, Aaron. You look like an old man. I think he just wants to outlast Brady one year. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers' time in the sun. He's still a decent quarterback. He, I mean, oh, yeah. he's no got used. You, you have to put up with a lot, but mm-hmm. he's still a good quarterback. He plays in Green Bay, too. It's like six. Thinking of 60 Celsius there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he'll do better at least in like, remember Peyton Manning in his last year and a third? Oh, yeah. Oh he couldn't God, even throw. That was bad. Where they tied yeah. his head on with string? Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah he, he was like, dude, my neck's going to fall off like every game. <laughs> I think he's going to get traded. I think the Ravens are going to franchise him and trade him. Oof. I actually think that's going to happen. Hey, how about a next topic? So Eagles receiver A.J. Brown is giving his team an ultimatum regarding QB Jalen Hurts and asking for a trade if they don't sign Hurts as he heads into the final season of his rookie deal and is eligible for a contract extension. While falling short in the Super Bowl, Hurts' performance in 2022 and in the Super Bowl, 374 yards, one passing touchdown and three rushing touchdowns, set him up for a significant payday. As well, he finished second in MVP voting behind Patrick Mahomes and finished the season with 3,701 Yards passing and 22 touchdowns. So guys, what are the Eagles going to do with Jalen Hurts? And with a lot of big names already on the team, will it be possible to give him a top QB deal and still field such a deep team? By the way, I love this, you know, this little man crush that AJ Brown has on Jalen Hurts. I, <laughs> I actually heard about that for the first time today, and I thought it was hysterical. Uh, I mean, the whole thing, too, with the whole, uh, you know, they, they all call themselves Batman or Batman. Um <laughs> Oh, during the season, I, I did mean, not know that. that the great. whole the whole culture that Sirianni had for on that team, I thought was was astounding. Listen, Jalen Hurts, he was a beast this year. 
Uh, and that Super Bowl, I mean, the Eagles did not lose that Super Bowl because of him. He showed up. Had the Chiefs like not had the ball at the end of the the game and the Eagles had a chance to to drive at the end of the game, the Eagles probably could have won that game or at least send it to overtime. I think if the, if, the, uh, if the Chiefs score with two minutes left, I think the Eagles drive and I think they at least get a field goal. Yeah, definitely a possibility. <laughs> Um, did, you, did you also hear that a lot of teams are upset because of the quarterback sneak play that Jalen Hurts did? And impossible to stop with it, it, yeah. Jason Kelsey just literally yeah. moving men out of the way, like picking up defensive linemen and just moving them. Like, Wait, what, what the was the argument against it? That they they just think it's not fair. They, well, they don't like the little butt push QB sneak yeah. that they did three times. So. Sent, well, it's not Sorry, it's, it's not just Jalen Hurts though. It's it's people behind him pushing him and, and into it. But they they converted it like thirty one times or something like, or maybe it was thirty three times. It was something mm. like that. And the closest next closest team had nine. So Damn. it was something that the Eagles were doing that they were very good at. And everyone's like, well, this isn't fair. The absolute balls of Nick Sirianni's play calling in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Amazing coaching, right? The whole the whole season too. the fourth down conversions. They had the most fourth down conversions and attempts through for than anyone in the year. I mean, he he's he's a gambling man, but he made the the calculated risks and he they paid off more often than not. Yeah. But that's that aggressive young coach you were just talking about. The mm-hmm. guy who's going to do shiny plays and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Yep, I really, so I really wanted the Eagles to, I hate the Eagles because I'm a Giants fan, a Giants but I really fan. wanted the Eagles to win that game. I oh, think they too. deserved it. I thought um, they deserved it too. I mean, the defense definitely let them down. What was the, what's the deal with those two little route passes, those two touchdowns in a row, just on oh, opposite sides of the field? Gorgeous. That's offensive, that's, <laughs> that's amazing gorgeous. offensive play call. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just think about it. When you see someone in motion going across the field about to, like looking like they're going to do a jet sweep, they're, they're generally running all the way through. And what yeah, happened is they stopped and turned around and mm-hmm. it was, it was a beautiful play call. It was, yeah. yeah, and then they did it twice. It was so nice they yeah. did it twice. <laughs> so yeah. this the second time I was watching uh, ESPN, and the second time they they actually ran the play backwards. Yeah, and they Mah- on the opposite of the field. And did it Mahomes, it was Mah- reversed. It, well, Mahomes essentially edited the play so that it would still work. It, it's just an amazing play call, and I'm, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of it next season. I'm sure that that kind of reminds me of like going back when I was a kid um, and that the bills like no huddle offense or whatever they admitted later. They're like, yeah, we only had seven plays and we just like reverse them sometimes. Or we like change the timing a little bit. <laughs> they're, like, sure, we ran this, yeah. they're like, we ran the same seven plays every game for like four years in a row and nobody could stop because we were all like hall of famers. <laughs> <laughs> but with regards, good, to, good. with regards to Jalen hurts, I mean, that man needs to be paid that yeah. I, I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, he he proved that he is worth the money. He's worth Daniel Jones's money. <laughs> Daniel <laughs> Jones least. bucks. Can yeah. Give him 45 million a year. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't see. No, but I mean, I think he's, Hertz. See, I think just the price of a quarterback. I think Hertz is in the 50s now. I think that. But that's just the reality. I know it's getting it. insane. It's just what they cost. Like yeah. you get a you get a top triple A quarterback. You're going to pay 55 million dollars for him. And then the question is, can you afford guys like A.J. Brown if you're going to do that? Well, this is the eternal dilemma. It's like and why teams are pushing so much. It's like the second they get a good quarterback, like, oh, my God, we got to win right now because it's going to be really hard. The second that that quarterback starts getting paid with what they are going to make in the league these days. 
So the Chiefs signed Patrick Mahomes like a few years ago to a 10-year, $450 million contract. And that looks like a bargain now compared I know. to everything else. But, I mean, the cap goes up every year. I, uh, I guess I would say even agents maybe need to adjust or... I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think it'll eventually balance itself out. Or maybe we're like seeing this huge acceleration in money, but it it, it will level off eventually, I, I would think. Yeah, but that those players tend to not win championships. So what's more important to you? Mm. Yeah. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> right. Well, again, he's on the he's on the he's on the short side of that contract right now. So he's still not close to the average annual value of it. But I yeah. mean, he's definitely it's definitely not forty five million. We've made a lot of Daniel Jones references and we haven't even really had a talk My about boy. <laughs> Next topic. So Tiger Woods surprised the overwhelming majority of the public by making the cut at, at last weekend's Genesis Invitational, finishing all 72 holes even. While he didn't finish anywhere near the top of the leaderboard, the fact that he was able to walk the course for four straight days on about the two-year anniversary of his car accident where he destroyed his legs was on the verge of miraculous. So, gentlemen... While Tiger is 47 years old now, do we feel that he could actually win another PGA tournament? Ooh, that's a good question. Personally, I am under the opinion that there's too many better golfers out there right now. Tiger's going to really struggle to get the, get a W. But the fact that he even made the cut I know. is so good for the game itself. Yeah. And just bringing, one, it gives... People who don't golf that often are reason to go out, which, yes, yeah, selfishly, that helps uh, my industry. But <laughs> two, it also brings the players at the events, the PGA events. Yeah, players love to play with them. Yeah. Because they know that he's there. Yeah. I mean, I um, remember the last time he played at TPC Boston, that crowd that followed him, it went on for days. Like mm-hmm. it was so I, like everyone that worked the tournament said that this was the largest tiger crowd they had ever seen ever. Uh, I think um, in regards to tiger, like my whole thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He's amongst like a ton of amazing golfers. Now, like everybody's in immaculate shape. Whereas like when he was young and winning all these championships, right. He was like the one guy going to the gym for golf and everybody's like, what are you doing? He's oh, like, yeah. well, watch I'm now I'm better than you. Well, and now everyone does, does it now. Everyone does it. But I think the way his outlook and attitude is kind of, I guess, softened up a little bit or maybe warmed up um, as he's aged. And he just has this, kind of more sense of like humility he's definitely warmed purely up. enjoying the game yeah. i think and he's like, a lot more social uh yep. in the when he plays now yep, and I, different I think, attitude mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's a big reason to why he still has that gravitas like he's not the best player anymore but you want to root for him all the time yeah and, and yep. he can still turn it on i mean it was really mm-hmm. it's only been four years he won he won his last major i think he can do it i can't i I can't deny Tiger. I can't deny Tiger's knowledge, Pete. <laughs> I hope he can. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, it would be he's... great because everyone loves an underdog story, too. And right now he's the underdog. For the you know non-real heavy followers like myself, um, statistically, like is he driving as well? Is he hitting as hard? Is he keeping up distance-wise with his competitors? I mean, is he physically still there at 47 years old? Yeah, 47 years old. Yeah, 47, old. yeah. No, those are good questions. Um, he's hitting it. I mean, the guys, and Pete touched on this, Tiger used to be the guy that would work out, do all the efforts. You know, back in, I think it was like 2001, he had a 
170 something mile an hour ball speed. Um, today's average is 172. Just to give you an idea of how much further he was back then. Now everyone's wow. caught up. Um, but there were holes that in the Genesis that he was hitting as far, if not further yeah. than you know, Rory and JT. Um, Pry can't touch DeChambeau, but um, he's a monster. Oh, he's also um, got like 100 pounds on everyone yeah. else. So. Oh, yeah. Um, but Is yeah, it- if Tiger can keep the stats up, I mean, you could just tell, even though he made, and this goes back to the walking of the, 18, the 72 holes, you could just tell that's that's a taxing on absolutely you know, being forty seven and um, what he went through in his accident. I'm, I'm looking at, at the stats of John Rahm, who is uh, oh he's six phenomenal two, six two two twenty. That man is a he's a big boy. friggin' tank. Oh yeah, and um could play for the he's, Eagles. Yeah, he's, he's, literally he's, he's for not the like Eagles. he's not like top heavy though. Like like um like Deschambeau though, like he's, he actually is a little bit the body of uh kind of the old timey golfers and, hmm. he's, and got the legs. he's got the yeah, legs. He's got the legs. That's it though. If he's, he's got, got the legs and the, the belly power, that's, I mean, that's he's, what drives he's literally 16 balls. strokes ahead of Tiger Woods. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, you never well, know. Like if Tiger can't lose right now, oh my if, God. if Tiger can get back to the way he's, he used to putt, then we can definitely see him win a tournament. I think so yep. Mark, that's a great segue to what I was going to say. Um, if he can get the the Tiger Vision magic yes. back from, you remember dun, the Tiger Woods game? Dun, dun, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was Mark's favorite game ever, that's, you guys. That's what he's got to bring back. That that then that he'll game. win again. Yeah, you, you could dress up game. with a bag on your head. and <laughs> <laughs> Justin Timberlake is there for some reason. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Next topic. So guys, on Saturday, 24-year-old guard, check this name out, Mac McClung won the NBA Slam Dunk Contest joining names like Kobe Bryant, Vince Carter, and Michael Jordan. Now, McClung is barely an NBA player, only playing in two games, neither of which came this season. McClung, however, is a known dunker and has more than 821,000 followers on Instagram, which is twice as much as the three other competitors combined. And so, who the hell is Mac McClung? (laughs) How could an average G League player win the slam dunk contest? And more importantly, what's wrong with all-star celebrations across professional sports? So how can he win a slam dunk contest? Because that's all you have to do. You just have to do slam dunks. And and what does this world come to that essentially, he's, he, yes, you're right. He is not an NBA player. In fact, they had to sign him to like some really like weird NBA contract just so he could play in the dunk contest. But uh, I mean, Village he's like, give him, a, gave him a 76 Sixers jersey. You know what he is, though? He's essentially a social influencer. He is so, a social influencer. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what the world has come to. I wouldn't be surprised if the NBA dunk contest turns into it turns into that because there's a lot of phenomenal dunkers on on uh, on social media. It's because it's not point, just yeah. Matt McClung. So uh, and they they have their own dunk contests that you see on you know ESPN eight the Ocho. So <laughs> the Ocho. Now and I, so this isn't Mac McClung's first dunk contest win, no. right? So he won a contest in 2018 and mm-hmm. beat. He beat Sharif O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal's uh, son. He uh, beat Kevin Porter, I think, who is an NBA player. But that also wow. was not an NBA dunk contest, right? That was mm. one of the ESPN 8 Ocho contests. It was like mm. a college All-American thing. And and he did play for Patrick Ewing's Georgetown Hoyas, um, mm-hmm. Matt McClung. He played mm-hmm. in college. He didn't really pan out. And it was really because they had him sort of pegged as a point guard. And he kind of wanted to be a shooting guard. Right. 
So I, I, yeah, I I did some research. I didn't even know who this guy was before. I think (laughs) yesterday. He's such a great name. That's yeah, yeah. Mac McClung, and (laughs) And yeah, he's like a city. He's the whitest dude. Two thousand people. This, I mean, Hmm. he he was a high school phenom, uh, and just comes out of nowhere again. Didn't end up panning out in the whole NBA thing. Uh, I guess he got too into. You know, running the ball down court and just doing his own thing wasn't really like that that team player as much as he should be. But I, over the years, I have heard he's getting better and he's starting to work his way up to having that NBA experience. Um, and whether he ends up making it or not, um, I don't know. But yeah, the kid can jump. He can he, de- he can jump. He can definitely Holy jump. Shit, I mean, compared jump. to the slam dunk contest last year, which was kind of embarrassing, and they missed oh, a whole awful, bunch of dunks. I mean, awful. he went three for three, dunked it in less than ten seconds every time, and did these amazing things. Yeah. Man, you guys should That's watch cool. it on YouTube if you have. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check this out. Do you, yeah. I mean, to your point about him like getting better, like, do you think his talent level in general is enough to be like? Is he coachable? Like, can he be coached to? play at an NBA level, like on a team? I, that's a great question. But the, the, the number one thing, though, because in today's NBA game, you have to be able to shoot the three really well. That's what mm. I think he's going to have to do in order to be a, a good NBA player. I yeah, mean, that's he, a really good point. I mean, yeah, yeah obviously well, he has he's a only 6'2", and he can't jump over guys who weigh three times as much as him <laughs> and are a literal foot taller than him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is. Uh, they did have a stat. He was the fastest player uh, court to court in, I think it was the drafts like back in 2020 or 2021. So he is extremely quick and you can see it in his game. I mean, he has whatever muscle fibers going on in there. He's he might dribble be, though. Yeah. He might be like an alien, like a little M- <laughs> MIB guy sitting up top, just controlling. I don't know. I mean, who's, who's Bolt? He's, if he's fast too, but he's not going to be an NBA player anytime soon. Just, just cause he can't, he's still got to dribble the ball. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Um, as far as the coachability, I do think he's coachable from what I've seen. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next couple of years, though. But I, I really, I really want to root for this guy for the name alone, Matt McClung. Yeah, I actually, I, I know a guy with the name McClung. I hmm. actually had to do a double take when I first saw the name because it's like, is that him? But it's definitely not him because the guy that I know is also like twice his age. Do G League teams have like associated uh, major league teams, yeah. for lack of a better term? The G, the G League is essentially like the minor leagues for the NBA. Yep, I knew that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he's played for the Lakers. I guess the, the I guess he's on the Sixers now. Those, uh, yeah, on, those on the Sixers. On the Sixers. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think the Celtics <laughs> G League team is in Maine. I could huh. be wrong about that. Yeah, you guys, uh, do the Albany Patroons, are they still a thing? Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Albany Patroons. Yeah, did, Mark's did you ever national. Game? That's quite the name. No, I didn't even know that's yeah. a thing. Yeah, they played, uh, what was that What was that armory-type building that they played? I think it was the called armory. the Armory. It was actually the, called the, the Armory. RPI yeah. Armory? <laughs> yeah, because no. it, not, not the RPI No, there, there was another one in Albany. Albany. Yeah, it's even uh. bigger. <laughs> Mark sang the national anthem at one of their games. I did. Oh, wow, you fancy. That, that was the only Patroons game I went to because I was like, oh, my roommate's going to sing the national anthem or, or <laughs> former roommate at that hey, time, maybe. Brad, the Albany Empire are the defending Arena League football champions. And it's a huge deal. these oh, days. It's oh, a huge oh, yeah. deal. Listen to their quarterback. And their quarterback, his name, Tom Grady. Off-brand Brady, Tom Brady. Grady. No, no, you just didn't go there. You didn't yeah, no, his that. name is Tom Grady. <laughs> no, no, no. And Tom he Grady. really feels like he is a representative of he's football. The, <laughs> number in 12 the in everything. Arena football. Yeah, number 12 in everything. Uh, he's an alien, too. 
and and Tom Grady is like a, a, a winner just as much as Tom Brady too. Right, right? he was how like many, the best QB in the league. Too. How many arena bowls has he won? Like three or something like that. So six, many six round pick. I, I, don't, I don't know. If, does arena football have a draft? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> is it? Is it those are just eeny meeny miny mo. It's like right. tag your it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My God, you're willing to play this? You're on the team. <laughs> are you willing to play for ten dollars? <laughs> How did we get on this? <laughs> Tom Grady. I don't know. John just Love likes it. to bring up Tom Grady as much as he, he can. I think. Why not? Hey, I never even heard <laughs> the guy. <but laughs> Local hero, Tom Grady. <laughs> <Albany>. Saves <Yeah>. child. <laughs> next, next, next. Top, top, topic. All right. We have ex- talked extensively on this podcast in the past about the robot overlords taking over and more specifically the emergence of chat GPT. Now, while on our break, it was announced that Bing was releasing a new version of his search engine with AI capability. And since then, it has been reported that AI chatbots have fallen in love and also told outright lies with some of its answers. So, gentlemen, is Microsoft making the right choice in having the world as beta testers for ChatGPT and Bing? I mean, 100%, right? They're essentially getting free beta testing for a language model with language from everyone in the whole wide world. Is it threatening people's careers and their safety and their jobs and falling in love with them and telling them that they're liars? A glitch? I don't know. Is it, is it the ghost in the machine? Maybe. Or I mean, <laughs> what Microsoft is saying right now is that they're not meant for long form, like long conversations. And so after a while, if you talk to it too much, it gets confused. And they're taking all that away, right? And they're saying they're lowering the personality, all the little funny quips. I think so they put a more, limit on the questions too, didn't they? Right. And so it's just more informational. And really what they're doing is just, just beta testing right now. I got to tell you. If you haven't used ChatGPT yet, use it for everything you need for content creation. Because you can write something in there and you look at our website and you can't tell. You can't tell. And so in a question of efficiency for, you know, maybe you're running a Instagram feed and you need a post, it'll do it for you. We should start doing that. Well, honestly, as an engineer, I used it for the first time today. And the paragraphs it was spitting out at me, I was like, I have never written this good in my life. <laughs> and so, Brad, even... you can reframe it. And so if you have it give you something, you can say, all right, take that thing and now rewrite it for um, a professional journal. Or you can say, you know, make a post. If you're a real estate agent, you can say, make a post about this very specific property and now rewrite that post 10 times for Instagram. And so it'll put hashtags and it'll put emojis. And I mean, it just essentially handles that part of your life for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's super interesting and super capable. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, a, I think it's a great thing that they're using the world as again, the beta test. Because the other thing is, you know, you got to sign up with an email and a phone number. So not that that's already stuff out there, but they're getting so much information from everyone that is going to try and use us. Sure. And, I mean, um, imagine the logs of like what people are actually asking it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like they've got well, all that. I yeah. asked it. Do you know where I live? They told me no, but I bet that's a lie. <laughs> Was there like a wink emoji after they said yeah, no? Right. <laughs> right yeah. Little smiley. <laughs> I would never look that up on the internet. <laughs> Pete, have you tried using ChatGPT yet? I haven't yet. I'm, I'm going to have to try this out. L- like you said, it's it's a good way to get as many like kinks worked out as quickly as possible, right? How better to do it than to have like the largest sample size ever? If you need to come out with content really quickly, I, that's what I've been mm. using it for. 
Uh, I have uh, well, one thing I'm trying to do. So I, as uh, you guys know, I do real estate on the side and I've been trying to think of a social media campaign. And one of the things that I was, I was wanted to do is like song parodies of songs, but from a realist, like real estate themed and whatnot. So mm. I asked chat GPT, like for some lyrics to some songs that I had, I had thought of whatever like that. And th- some of the songs that chat GPT came up with didn't really even make much sense and it wasn't to the tune that i i wanted to but i, I did kind of use that to uh, as a as a landing uh, point to just kind of create the 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 lyrics that i wanted to and i came up with some pretty good ideas i think we'll see there you go sure that's i mean a, yeah that's an interesting idea mm-hmm. so yeah mark my sister is a real estate agent in I do Connecticut, know that. and um so we were showing her chat gpt and i was like tell me about a listing you have right now i, was, I told it you know write a listing for these five facts about this two and a half million dollar house in um, Greenwich, Connecticut. And then I was like, okay, now you probably have Instagram, right? And I was like, okay, so now give me 10 posts related to other um, real estate posts in the area um, about this list, about that. And then it just broke that listing out. It gave her 10 posts for the week. I mean, it gave her her whole schedule. And all that content creation that you have to do uh, for things like real estate, for things like you know, copy. And if you're a writer, it's just all done for you. Like it's still something that I think requires moderation from, you know, a knowledge of a human being to know what to separate from trash and treasure. And it's, it's a tool, right? Like anything like using AI for art now too, which is a whole big controversy. Like I'm excited to use these kind of things as tools to help me do my job better. It doesn't mean it's going to replace me and you know, (laughs) me at least not yet. (laughs) But we'll we'll see how this goes. I'm I'm curious to see what uses people can come up with indirectly, like Mark did, as inspiration for the lyrics. Mm. I mean, it might not be able to replace you, Pete, but there are jobs that are going to be replaced. Mm. It yeah, has no already yeah. passed. I think that's inevitable. For, the Wharton for Business School exam. It mm-hmm. passed the MCLSE for medical school. Yeah, but I'm not going to have a robot, uh, or I'm not going to have AI do surgery on me just yet. <laughs> but why though? We've tried I mean, it a hundred times. Monitored, yeah. Right. You still need what? a human being to look. Why? On the 98th try, no, I'm not talking about a robot. I'm artery. talking about okay. AI. <laughs> yeah. But but seriously though, like in a world where let's just say the in robotic the robotic contro- hand control is taken care of, it's perfect. Like why can't that robotic hand control be AI controlled if if not person controlled? Like think that why is it better? I think it's, it better? Better? Well, it's when be, things go wrong. Well, okay, it's it's be, it's because you're right. The, the overwhelming majority of the procedures that happen where nothing goes wrong, robots will be fine. But it's that small percentage when things go wrong mm-hmm. that especially but don't you think it'll be better if things go wrong because it'll be no, it'll have no stress, no stress at all. No, because because it's going to potentially do the wrong thing. Well, but it doesn't do the wrong thing because it's a computer. Well, ChatGPT has lied in the past, so it, well, I'm not talking about ChatGPT. Well, I'm just saying AI, <laughs> AI, AI can make stuff up. Apparently, if if it doesn't know the answer, watch yeah, the AI can't. Wing so, it. oh, okay, yeah. I accidentally, uh, you know, I accidentally severed this mm. artery. Oh, why don't why don't I cut cut off your leg now? I don't but know. But it doesn't it's, make it okay. doesn't have accidents. But then That's the AI is like, you know what? I just realized that this is not a great person, or I don't think it's a great person. So I'm going to cover oh, that. Is problem. That is oh, problem. Isaac Asimov, the three laws, right? <laughs> no, no, we already went. It doesn't know where I live. It's fine. <laughs> when, the, when the AI robot doctor starts making moral decisions on its own, that's <laughs> next topic. So I'm going to keep it in the NBA. Uh, Victor Wembenyamba is a 19 year old French professor. 
professional basketball player and widely projected to be the first overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Uh, previously measured at seven foot three, apparently he is now seven five with an eight foot wingspan, which is almost as large as minute balls. I'm a generational talent who prefers not to play center. Wembenyama certainly plans to make an immediate impact. And so, where is the best fit for Wembenyama, and how does he rank with the other generational players we've seen in our lifetime? So he apparently has a great attitude. It recently came out that he doesn't. It doesn't matter to him what team drafts him. More than likely, he's going to be the number one, one uh, number one draft pick. And he just like he just wants to play. Now, now he's playing in France right now because uh, currently this country does not allow people straight out of high school to play in the NBA. So he's playing overseas to make a living because he can't do it here right now. Uh, but he will definitely make bank next year when he uh, when he plays for whoever it, it could be. It might be the Pistons. I think they're kind of the favorite right now to get the number one seed, which which would give them like or the, oh, sorry, the number one pick, um, which would like they, they, that means like I think the last four, the last five years, I think they've had a top five draft pick or something like that. They should do something with that. They should probably do something about that. But they, they've just been stacking these these draft picks. So in theory, they should be a really good team, but he is, he does seem to be one of those generational players. Yes. He's seven foot five, That's and, but he can shoot threes as well. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, um, he's a very good ball handler. So he's, I mean, he's not built like LeBron, but he could definitely play every single position like LeBron essentially can and could back in, in the day as well. So uh, it's, it's to be seen. Uh, what team actually gets him? But something tells me he's going to make any team that he, th- any team that he that has him, a hundred percent better. Yeah, he definitely uh, has a skill set. Could eat a sandwich or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah, I just feel he, like he he's going to hit the paint, right? Because where can he play but center? And he's going to hit the paint, and he's going to get killed because he's only two hundred twenty pounds. He'll, oh he'll God, put on. He's, oh, he's he'll a rod. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to still put on him weight. Up. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's nineteen. Like he hasn't even hit the sophomore fifteen yet. Right. So. I mean, Kevin Kevin Durant was even skinnier than he was in in college, and he he ended up bulking up. Anthony Davis also. Like he, he was like so pencil rod thin. I uh, get he put on. They all put on put on the weight because you need to yeah. in order to last in the NBA. It's an 82 exactly, game season. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's sports a- science training staff, all that is so advanced now. Like they they know exactly what to do. But his body well, is still developing. I mean, he grew right. to another two <laughs> inches. So there's there's no reason for him to put on the weight now because. It's it's just it could like screw up the rest of himself. All right. Joel Embiid is is only seven foot tall, but he's 280 pounds. And that man is a monster. He's thick. And that's something that's going to be something he's going to need to compete with. He also Uh, was relatively thin in college and he put on the weight for for NBA, although he still gets hurt for other reasons. I think Mm -hmm. it's because he's seven feet tall. (laughs) Right. Right. There's there's a limit to like, you know, what bones can do. Yeah, but he'll probably come over. He'll probably get drafted. And he'll have a great first half of the season. And my theory is with any sport, that's when teams start catching on and they mm-hmm. learn what your weaknesses are. And once they start learning how to defend you, he's going to have to go through a reset phase. Um, going to have to yep. figure out some new techniques and, you know, it's um, all about moves and counter moves. And if he's, exactly, yep. if he's really coachable and he's, he is super talented, so he can do multiple things within the game. 
So well, it's it's definitely going to be worthwhile seeing him next year. We'll so we'll see we'll see what happens now. Big men also tend to be can be injury prone because you know the human body sometimes really wasn't meant to be seven foot tall. Uh, I mean, yeah. Greg Odom is is one of I think I I think his last name was Odom. He was like the number two pick of the draft. I think he came I think he came after Durant, and uh, I mean his body just broke down. He barely played in the NBA. I think he really only played like the equivalent of a half a season in the six years that he was a, an NBA player or something like that. I might be Oof. exaggerating that. Joel Embiid is another big man, and he can get injury-prone. Anthony Davis, like he did put on the weight, also very injury-prone. Zion Williamson, he is hurt right now, again. Um, and he's only six foot seven, but he's built like a tank. He's essentially mini Shaq, but hmm. he can move a lot faster. But again, he gets hurt, so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Well, I mean, pounding the paint, like what Patrick Ewing used to do, what, you know, yeah. um, Hakeem Olajuwon used to do. I mean, that is hard and it's yeah. hard on your body. I Absolutely. mean, like even like Wilt back in the 70s, he's still like just abused down mm-hmm. in the paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Shaq, Shaq. he was Shaq, massive, exactly. though. Right. Like, he, that's why he lasted so long, I think. It's because of his size. Right, right. For sure. Yeah. And all the Papa John's pizza he eats. <laughs> <laughs> Papa John's not a sponsor. Nope. But Shaquille, we would love it if you sent us pizza. Actually, that was that was actually funny. During the Celebrity All-Star game, uh, Guillermo, who's on Jimmy Kimmel Live, offered him a CeCe's pizza, and uh, he was on courtside watching the Celebrity All-Star game, and Shaq was like, no, I can't do it. Because <laughs> he owns Papa John's, or yeah. a share of Papa John's. Can't betray uh. my, my own brand. <laughs> Let's get ready to next topic! So as we all know, Aaron Judge, who coincidentally there is a guy in my bowling league with that same name, won the AL MVP by hitting a now AL record 62 home runs last year and was rewarded with a nine-year, $360 million contract. Hell yeah, he did. Now Shohei Otani, coincidentally, is also in a contract year this season, and he had put up pretty decent numbers last year with 34 homers and winning 15 games with a 2.33 ERA. So, gentlemen... Who do we think will have a better year statistically, Judge or Otani? I mean, the Yankees are ready to win. I mean, I know I said this before, and and obviously they're ready to win every year. But I mean, they're literally going to spend until they win now. Oh, well, essentially, this is Otani's trial for the Yankees this season, right? Yes. I mean, oh, you think they're going to bring him on? Or the they're going to buy whoever they need to. Or the Mets. One of one of he's gonna go to right, one of those. Right, right. It's just a spend off in New York now. I'm just waiting for one of the New York teams to for their player payroll to be over a billion dollars. So I saw Aaron Soon Judge enough. in spring training right now. Aaron Judge has fielded ground balls at first. He said if they need him to play left, he will, so they can get you know, they can get anybody else in right. Um DJ's coming back. Rodan looks awesome. Garrett Cole stopped crying. It's all about the hitting. Well, I mean, I think really I at mean, the end for of it, judges, you, it's, it's, it's hitting. But the Yankees last year proved that it's not all about the hitting because they hit fine. And no, no, I mean lost. for Judge in particular. Um, yeah. Looking at the, the, the question mark pros, Otani versus Judge. You know, Judge is, he's a power man. He's going to hit home runs. And so is Otani. If he can continue to do that. Yeah, so Otani, but Otani he is He has a not, sweet swing. Just a power man. No. So I don't even think you can really compare the two statistic-wise, personally. I mean, Judge is a better hitter, in, in my mind. He's like, a better power he hit, hitter. 
That's true. He's a better power hitter. I don't know what the averages were last I year. I mean, just to pick it up, Judge hit um, over 300 last year. That was the first he time yeah, he so hit over 300, though. Gotta love those contract years, man. That's why I think every year should be a contract year for baseball players. Well, Judge is definitely on the up and up in my mind. I think he's going to continue doing well. You think he's going to? Yeah, you I mean, think he's going to do pretty well this year? Th- this next year, well will he do year, better yeah. than? Will he get at least fifty home runs? Probably. Will he get at least sixty home runs? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no, I hope. What's What's the current record? I, I know it's like sixty two. Sixty two in the AL, and right. then. 73 with an asterisk. Three with an asterisk. Yeah. But I mean, he was cool about it. No, nobody was like, well, this is actually the record, except for the, you know, the, a bunch of losers on the internet, because you never know. And yeah. that year that Sosa had, that year that McGuire had, I mean, you, you, the year that Barry Bonds had, you can't not say those were incredible, because they were. Oh, sure. they were incredible. Yeah. They just had a little help. Yeah. A little help, but I mean, everybody had help, right? They they got rid of Peds in the uh, in the MLB, and all of a sudden, everybody's wow, the pitching got really good. Well, no, the pitching was trying to keep up with you guys using yeah. steroids, yeah, and, now exactly. the got less and now good. the pitching's just better, right? Spin the pitching rate. is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, how many homers do we think Otani will get? Will he get at least forty? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. I think thirty-five. This year. John, Pete, do you think he'll get at least forty home runs? Mm. I mean, he's only had 40 once in his career. Mm-hmm. And before, but this is a contract year, John. Well, that hey. was in 21. <laughs> he had 46 and 21, only 34 and 22. I mean, I don't think... Baseball is a funny bird. I don't think the Angels are as... I don't think that lineup defends... It's a defends, big ballpark, too. The, but, and I just where, don't where think that lineup play? defends him as well as the Yankees lineup defended Aaron Judge. Well, that's because they, they only have him and Mike Trout. and Well, I guess... Because they only they, have they, him and Mike Trout. They did try to be the Yankees, though. I mean, they got Anthony Rendon from the the Nationals. I almost called them the Capitals. They, they tried to to buy a, a championship like the um, like the Yankees and the Mets, you know, back when when Disney owned them too. So, mm. uh, I mean, they're, I think they're either on the market for a new owner or they just recently got a new owner. I forget, but I mean, they've just, they've swung and a miss on a lot of their big contracts. So they, they really only have, uh, Otani and, and trout for, uh, for Otani here. I'm, I'm going to take Mark's advice and I'm going to bet the over because it's contract year and there are not 11 people trying to kill him like in football. Yes, exactly. So and- there you go. But this man it could kill himself by by playing well, every game, batting and pitching. So, all well, right, yeah. If you blow out like a ligament yeah, or tendon or something, trying to bat. Makers. I think he'll I get at least. I think him. if he plays a full season, I think he will get at least forty home runs. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna get as many wins as he did last year, though. Here's a question: he, Is Otani a better hitter or a better pitcher? Oh, I don't pitcher. know how you measure those. I mean, he's a yeah, he's a phenomenal pitcher. Tough. One. Hmm. He is a phenomenal um, pitcher. I mean, I think maybe on a better team. I don't think Anthony Rendon is doing him any favors. No, I mean, he he definitely should have gotten more than 15 wins last year because he's just on an awful team. When you're on a tough team, not even Joe Madden can save him. Sure, like Otani phenomenal makes manager. Mike Trout a better hitter, but I don't think anybody else on that team defends him. And no. so, Pete, what happens is mm-hmm. pitchers are good enough now that if they don't want to pitch to a batter, they just don't. Yeah, because they know they can get the next guy. Right. Oh, I see. And yeah. so really 
deep lineups will put a good batter on either side of them. And really, really deep lineups will put those batters even two away. And so that you're not ever getting a break. You can't ever walk the best player on your team. Right. And really, they're not they're yeah. not intentionally walking him, but they're putting all the balls in, but they're inside walking. or in the dirt <laughs> or up in the air. They Because they've scouted them, right? And they you know, know... The intentional, unintentional walk. They know yeah. how to pitch them so on they don't On base percentage them. is a mm-hmm. great stat for winning ball games, but unfortunately, it doesn't always show up in, you know, the... I don't know if it's just media talks, but... Yeah. Well, on base percentage is, is great yeah. for, for like your leadoff hitter, but, that, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, no, it wins ball games. I mean, you get on base, you win ball games. Like it's amazing. You don't win championships. Uh, I mean, MLB is a little bit. MLB is funny because yeah, you need you need you do need power, and home runs are such a big part of the well to the game these days. So yeah, it will be an interesting year. I'm excited to see the Angels play the Yankees. I'm excited to see the Sox play both of them. And kick the shit out of them both. So, uh, <laughs> or lose ten to can, two. Can we really say that for a while longer? <laughs> it's gonna be a rebuilding year. Rebuilding years. Yeah, couple. Final topic. Yes. <laughs> In classic John fashion, I'm going to end the podcast with a really depressing topic. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, is this going to be the Cold War? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk, we are Russia. talking about Russia. Yeah, we are. You said Russia. We're going to talk about it. So this week, Russian President Vladimir Putin said he is suspending his country's participation in the nuclear arms reduction treaty with the United States. And so this treaty puts limits on the number of deployed intercontinental range nuclear weapons that both the U.S. and Russia can have. And while Russia is not withdrawing from the pact, it appears to be formalizing its current position as not very cooperative. A U.S. uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, called the decision deeply unfortunate and irresponsible. So what do we feel the next step is in U.S.'s dealings with Russia? Are we headed towards a new Cold War or are we already there? I'd like to point out that this topic has nothing to do with sports or pop culture. But it's anyway, news. Well, hey, sometimes he, he did steal a basketball player from us. Like kidnap. He kidnapped a basketball player. This is not the first time we've talked about Russia on the podcast, FYI. So it's, all right. Our, and our, it's also the biggest news of the week because literally the world could end. So just get with it. Are we on the wor- kind verge? Of a big deal. Are are we on the verge of a of a cold war? Uh, I don't know. I, I th- every time someone threatens nuclear weapons, I was I, I, I you've you've heard it so many times now. Especially so by from someone Putin. you mean Vladimir Putin. Especially every from time Putin. Vladimir Putin. Well, the thing is, weapons. North Korea does the same thing times, exactly. So yeah. and, and, and did you see that North Korea is testing their uh, intercontinental missiles too? Yes. Because you know they feel a little left out. It's like North, Kim Jong Un is like, well, you know, guys, we're here too. I'm I'm mm. I'm kind of an evil autocrat, but. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's it's all talk. Do I think they're really going to do something? I don't know. I don't trust anything that politicians say anymore. Like, I, I don't care what country you're, you're, you live in. It's uh, Yeah, it's a scary world. Back in the Cold War days, like, <clears throat> there were upwards of, like, 30,000 nuclear warheads oh, yeah. floating around, active, just, like, you know, ready to go. 
now they brought that down with this agreement down to like 1500 i think a country could have and that was the agreement so even if putin's not playing by the rules right now i don't think he's all of a sudden sending out tens of thousands more warheads out to the out to get ready to shoot uh shoot off you know he might be i think it's a ploy does it scare the shit out of me yeah <laughs> You know what well, really grinds my gears uh, yeah. about this, though? Because so part of this had to do with Ukraine wanting to to join um, NATO. And mm -hmm. and so it's and been that was the whole reason for the invasion in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a yeah. year. Why hasn't we why hasn't that gone through? Like, I don't I don't I just don't understand now that I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs of, of that, but no one's been talking about that. And at a certain point, like, that's the whole reason why some of the, these countries haven't been joining Ukraine in this war is because they are technically not a NATO country yet. Now, OK, maybe that's all semantics at this point. And, you know, we're supplying them weapons and other people are supplying them weapons. And it looks like China might be supplying Russia weapons now, too. So mm -hmm. I am more. Uh, scared about a world war than I am about a cold war. Yeah, it it really does seem like everything is like mounting to the biggest game of chicken that we've ever seen, and it's it's scary because right one one person does one move that just goes over the line, and that's gonna be the powder keg that goes up. And uh, yeah, <sighs> I, I don't know. I, I think with NATO, it's more complicated than worse than we know about. Sure, there's stuff we know, but I mean these these people that have insider information there there's probably so much interlinked things there's still a lot of economical ties and like twists and things that like right it's like these countries are trying to get independent from russia's oil supply and it's hard to do you can't just turn that off overnight Don't and, forget their wheat yeah right so like there are oh, still wheat. these very interdependent global connections that okay like you're playing with fire here because these politicians, what they talk and, and the decision they make could have real world consequences that can cause mass starvation, hunger, power outages. It's, it's tough. Uh, it's, it's definitely scary. Now I rem remember you guys, this is the same week where U S fighters intercepted two Russian planes off the coast of Alaska. Yes. in international waters, but it really feels like a lot of boundary pushing. Like, yeah. you know, mm. oh, yeah. when, when Brad's kids want to stay up late and they, they, you know, they walk downstairs. Oh, I need a glass of water. I mean, they're seeing what they can get away with. And, I don't know. The idea of Putin asking to have less rules surrounding nuclear warheads is really terrifying. I don't know. Is is, is Rosie doing that, Brad? Your two year old? Is she coming out and she pushing boundaries? <laughs> no, two, not at all. Yeah, she didn't <laughs> I think empty. two is perfect for boundary pushing. I, yeah, my internet's a little it's sketchy right now. Um, I don't know what Lindsay's up to. Upstairs. You're getting really slow and fast. Uh, maybe she's super cool. Maybe she's on it's chat super cool. GDP like you're, you're, an, you're a robot. <laughs> oh, that's the robots. The robots are messing with your internet. Or Russia's hacking the connection. <laughs> <laughs> I heard us talking yeah, about that. Russia, yeah. oh, yeah. Russia's right. listening. Russia's listening. They got a balloon above my house. Yep. It's the balloon. Putin, come and get me. <laughs> you know, did you guys hear that one of those the balloon that they shot down over Alaska could have been a hobby balloon and it could have originated from the capital region of New York? I heard there's an extremely really? high likelihood of that, that they yeah. misplaced oh, it. No. It just happened to be they found it again <laughs> in that exact area. They're like, it's about in Alaska. 
Yeah, they hmm. they sent a four hundred thousand cruise dollar cruise missile after it, but you know, I got a bow and arrow too. Oh man. Anyways. So that has been our 10 topics. Please follow or like us on our socials at If These Balls Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our website is www.ifthesballscouldtalkpod.com, where you can see our sports news of the day, and you can talk to us through Discord or visit our online store and purchase some show swag. We'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Thank you, Bradford. Thanks, thank Bradford. Thank you guys so for much, having Brad. me. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much, very much. This is a lot of fun. This is Mark Pesci, and for my partner, John Companion, producer Pete Steffen, that's what we feel they would say if these balls could talk.